0: Thanks, Les, for sharing with us, um, updating us with what's going on in Zoe. And, you know, it's really cool. I was able to go to that facility in Thailand 10 years ago. I just kind of calculated it out. I was like, wow, it's 2012. And um, it's awesome to see what they're doing there. And, you know, 10 years ago, I'm sure things are so different now. But um, so just just be praying for them. uh, Consider supporting them. Um, and, and do what you sense the Lord leading you to do. There's some great things that are happening with Zoe. I just want to welcome you all here this morning. Um, I actually am starting a new series. It's called Supernatural Christmas, and uh, we're going to get right into it because we're approaching the Christmas season, and we're hoping that as we go through this series called Supernatural Christmas, We hope that God's going to do something supernatural, right? We hope that he does something. So we want to give him some space as we go through this series in the service and maybe in even other ministries and stuff, giving God space to do what he wants to do, to do something supernatural that we get a chance to see it. You know, so I was, as I was preparing this message, I was like, okay, God, why, why are we talking about supernatural Christmas? Um, why why are we and as i sat with the lord about that i i sensed that he was speaking about the whole thing of supernatural the things that he does and the sense i got from him was i do supernatural things because i want you to see and know more of me of god that he does these things to open our eyes To catch our attention, because so many times we can get so caught up with our lives, we get so caught up with what we're doing and the priorities or the things that are urgent and the things that are consuming us that the Lord says, hey, hold on a second, I need you to know something, I need you to see something, I need you to know something about me. And so that's why, that's one of the reasons why he does supernatural things in our midst and we get to experience them. Ephesians 1.17 says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. And that's what God wants to do with us. He wants to give us revelation. He wants to give us wisdom. He wants to show us things about Himself so that we may know him better and i find that awesome i mean if you think about the god of the universe wants to do that for us he wants to do that with us i i I just i was just blown away as i was praying and listening and spending time with the lord i was just like that's what you want to do that's what's going on here So throughout this series, we're going to be talking about supernatural events. There's a lot of them that surrounds Jesus' birth way 2,000 years ago. There's a lot of them, and we're going to be talking about them, teaching about them for the next few weeks up until Christmas. So again, like I was telling you that I was just spending some time with the Lord, asking him, and I love to do that because I want his wisdom to come out of this mouth. I don't want it to be about me, right? So asking the Lord, what do you want me to do? So I go, okay, God, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read through Luke, the first couple chapters of Luke, and just to, kind of get a sense for what it is that you want me to share. What what are you highlighting? So I was reading it, and the part that hit me was the very first part, chapter one, where he talks about the birth of John the Baptist. You hear this echo, and uh, Jesus, and I was like reading that, going, "Huh, that's interesting." That in the very beginning, there's these two births that happen, two pregnancies, two impossible pregnancies that happen. And so, what, 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 what's going on here? What? And as I read it, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" There's some similarities, but there's also some differences in the way that Mary and Zecharias and Elizabeth, how they responded to the lord and i thought that was just fascinating and so i was like okay i think this is what you're highlighting so i just want to give you a little bit of insight into how at least for me how i come up with the messages and for you to know that whatever wisdom that comes out this is from the lord this is not me this is not, i'm not trying to lift myself this is from the lord and then if you don't like the message then you can blame him <laughs> So that's what we'll be talking about today. And with the whole thing of the supernatural, it's to open our eyes to see God. It's our opening of our eyes to see God and then to step in faith. That's the main thing of what I want to share today. Opening our eyes to see more of God and stepping in faith. Okay? So the first one, supernatural story number one that I'm going to talk about is supernatural story of John the Baptist's birth, okay? The first one starts with John the Baptist's parents, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah is a priest. He's a priest, and he and Elizabeth, very righteous, godly couple. Very, They follow God, devoted to God, but they never had any kids, childless. Elizabeth was barren, so they, they never had kids. And then they were getting up in age. As I was doing some research, found out that they were probably around 60 to 80 years old. Okay, so they were kind of an older couple. They had passed their their child-bearing years. So one day, while Zechariah, this is all in Luke 1, while Zechariah is in the temple doing his priestly duties, an angel shows up. Gabriel shows up. And he says to uh, Zechariah, "You're going to have a child. What? You're going to have a child. The Lord has heard your prayer. Over the years, the Lord has heard your prayer for a child, and now you are going. You and your wife Elizabeth are going to have a child, and you shall name him John. Now again, remember, Zechariah and Elizabeth." They're very old, 60, 80, somewhere around there, years old, okay? Elizabeth was barren, unable to have children, and they had prayed for a child for years and years and years, and God had not provided them a child. So this is the backdrop. This is kind of where Zechariah is thinking. This is what he's coming from as he's listening to this angel standing before him sharing this news that God is going to do this so it says in Luke 1:18, Zechariah replies to the angel Zechariah asks the angel how can I be sure of this I am an old man and my wife is well be- along in years so the first thing he says to the angel is how how am I to be sure of this okay you say this how am I supposed to know that this is really gonna happen? Okay? What I, I can imagine him saying, what kind of like, how how am I supposed to know this is really true? Okay? Like, I think for an older man, he can have kids when he's older. But for his wife, how can he how can she do this? How can how is this possible? And so he's asking the angel, how can he have what, what, what will give him some level of confidence? What is the truth? What is the proof of what you're saying that I can take and be, know that it's true? Sounds like he wanted some evidence. Sounds like he wanted a sign. Sounds like he wanted to see something to reassure, reassure him that this message is true. And I guess having an angel in front of him wasn't enough evidence for him to go, oh yeah, this is from God. So The angel, I don't know, maybe the angel wanted to give him a sign. Maybe, I I don't know. I don't know if that's what happened or why it happened, the way it happened. But this is what the angel did to Zechariah. In Luke 1, 18 to 20, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Maybe it was a sign. Maybe it was consequences of his unbelief. But regardless, he was struck mute. He he couldn't speak. His tongue was tied. And he lost his voice. And he couldn't speak for at least nine months. And um, yeah, maybe that was, you you want some proof? Bam! (laughs) You can't speak. Okay, let's see what that gets you. How's that working out for you? So that's what was happening with Zechariah. And I'm sure even in that moment, he's going, And it must be, I can imagine his eyes opening. This is, this is an angel from God. This is not just any person. This supernatural experience that I've just had of encountering this angel and hearing this prophetic message being spoken over me, I think this is God. And his eyes are slowly being opened. Even though his mouth is closed, his eyes are being opened. His heart is opening up. He was like, I think this really is God. Now, in the meantime, he goes home. I don't know how he told Elizabeth. Maybe he wrote it down or something that, an angel, we're going to get pregnant. But she gets pregnant. And this is what she said. This is so awesome. I just love it to see the redemption and the healing that comes with this. But in Luke 1.25, it says, the Lord has done this for me. She said, in, those, in these days, he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. You know, back then, if if a woman was barren, childless, there was much disgrace. There was much, I, I can imagine shunning and 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 yeah, just just not holding the person up. It was a lot of, oh, They must be cursed. God must be withholding blessing from them. They must have done something wrong. That person, that woman, must have done something wrong. And for years and years and years, that's what Elizabeth had to deal with. It's just feeling like third, fourth, fifth class citizen. People don't, there's no value in her because she can't bear any children. She can't give Zechariah a boy. And so now being 60 70, 80 something years old now and I'm like I was just thinking that how would she even know that she's pregnant because you know <laughs> the some of the signs the biological signs they're not there and so I can imagine like I guess she would have to wait till Something starts happening in her tummy, right? I guess. But when she figured it out, she just blessed the Lord, praised him, thanked him for what he was doing, for what he had done in her life, for lifting up all the weight, the disgrace, and all of that off of her shoulders. Wow. In that experience, In that supernatural experience, Elizabeth saw more of God. That before this happened, she had a certain view of God. And now, after now she's pregnant, she saw another side of God. She saw a bigger picture of who God is and how much he loves her. So as we can see, even before the baby's not even there yet, but God is already doing something in Zechariah and Elizabeth's life, opening their eyes to see more and more of him. So, nine months later, the baby is born. And on the day of his circumcision, the people gathered around and asked, What name? What, what are you going to name him? You're going to name him Zechariah, Zechariah Jr.? going to name him, you know, something? What, what, what are you going to name him, you know? <coughs> And Zechariah writes down John. And as soon as he writes down John, his mouth opens up. His tongue is loose and he can talk. And he starts praising the Lord. So let me, let me read that. In Luke 1, 64 and 66, it says, Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free. And he began to speak, praising God. All of the neighbors were filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wonderf- this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. So all the people in the area, they had heard about what's going on. They're like, what, what is going on with this family? There's something Happening with this family. There's some miraculous thing that is happening with this baby, with this family. What is going on? And the people were seeing a supernatural thing happening, and even for them, they're going, What is going on here? What is God doing here? God's hand is on this baby, God's hand is on this family. What is going on? And I feel like that's awesome when when it goes beyond just the family, but now it goes to the friends. It goes to the family. It goes to even strangers. Hey, have you heard about that family over there? I don't know. I never met them. This is what's happening. The father couldn't speak for nine months for whatever reason. They have a baby, and now he can talk. And he's praising God, and he's attributing it all to God. By the way, they're they're 75 years old. Crazy. Crazy things are happening in the supernatural, and people's eyes are opening up. I want to know more. I want to see more. Who is this God that is doing these things? That's what's happening in this story. So Zechariah, he breaks out into this prophetic song of praise and worship, Blessing the Lord and blessing his son. You could read it in, in uh, verses 67 through 79. Zechariah saw God. He saw God moving. He saw his hand moving. And it increased. He opened his eyes and he increased his faith. When I was reading that, I was like, how oh. all the things that that family had gone through, Zechariah just faithfully doing his job as a priest and yet wanting a child especially in his younger years praying and asking god to bring a child elizabeth struggling with all that wanting a child and their answer finally came now and i think they're just totally overjoyed and stuff and maybe even asking god this is awesome could you have brought the child maybe like Forty years earlier, you know, it's a, it's uh, you know, maybe, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. We're glad to have him even in our old age. And I actually relate a little bit to Zechariah with me being older and having little kids. And you know, come, come here, come, here, come here. Okay, you know what? Go play with Uncle Damon. Go play with him. He's younger. He's younger. Go chase him. Go, to Uncle Jonathan. Go play with them. But it's so awesome even with my older years and having little kids i'm just so grateful so grateful for the lord for his provision and him answering me and ida's our prayers i remember going to zoe and we went to some other areas in in uh, thailand and we went to an orphanage and i remember playing with the kids there and just going gosh if i could just take one or two of these kids home with me Man, that would be awesome. And the Lord used that years later when he said, I want you to adopt now. And I was like, man, God, I I don't know, I'm getting older. He said, remember that time you spent at that orphanage or wherever it was with those kids? How much you wanted them? And I was like, yeah. Okay, God, even if I'm older, that's okay. Because you're going to provide for me whatever I need to take care of my kids, even So when I'm listening to this, I'm just going, oh, man, wow, wow, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For a lot of us, we can relate to the struggles. It may not be about children, but it could be something that you're waiting for. Maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a job or this financial strain or there's a wayward child that you're waiting to come back. There's different things that we're all waiting for and that we come to the Lord and we say God God help me in this provide for me in this help me with this test that's coming up I need some grades I need some good grades I need this I need a job help me financially and I just want to encourage you to as we as you hear this story to just Stay steadfast in your prayers. Stay steadfast in seeking the Lord's face because He will answer you. He will answer you. May not be in your timing, may not be exactly what you want, but He is going to answer you, and whatever He provides is going to be the best for you. Even though you think you know what's best, even though I think I know what's best for me, no. Creator of the universe has a plan. He knows what's best for every single one of us. And so continue seeking his faith. Continue going to him, asking for him to provide and to answer these prayers. The Lord was showing himself to Zechariah. The Lord was showing himself to Elizabeth. And saying i've heard your cries i know your heart and this is how i'm going to bless you How i'm going to answer you he's opening their eyes to see him more and more how good and wonderful our god is now the second story is about mary jesus's birth mary and elizabeth are cousins and uh, mary is on the other spectrum of age Okay, she's anywhere from 12 to 16. And, of course, she's not married at this time. She's a virgin. And she has an encounter with the same angel. Gabriel comes to her, and he says, I'm going to back up a little bit to 28 to 33. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, You you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Wow, that's an awesome opening, right? The Lord came to you. Hi, Ruth, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And I think that's why it says in the next line Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. (laughs) But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, you will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow. Wow. So I can imagine a 12-year-old, 14-year-old girl going, Oh, (laughs) This is a lot you're laying on me. (laughs) This prophetic word, I'm going to be carrying the son of the most high. He will have the throne of David and his kingdom will never end. And he's going to be in here. What if, you know, I mean, again, this is just a human thing, but I'm going, what if I mess up with his child? What if I drop him on his head when he's little? What if I... Obviously, Mary's not thinking about those things because she says, verse 34, how will this be? The Mar- Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from the Lord will ever fail. Now catch this. This is Mary's response to all this. I am the Lord's servant. She answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is a 12, 14-year-old girl saying to the angel, may it be as you say, I am the Lord's servant. Basically, she's saying yes, yes to this assignment. And I'm just, I'm like, man, that girl's a stud, (laughs) spiritual stud that she would say, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, God, whatever you want to do. Because I know you. I know you. I know that you are God. I know that you are awesome. I know that you can do all these things. I'm a virgin. I'm not sure how this is going to work out. But you're going to work it out. And I say yes to you. Wow. Wow. I feel like even in that moment, her eyes are being opened. In that moment of interacting with that angel, of the call that the angel is giving to her, her eyes are being opened. And she's saying, yes, I submit to you. I submit to what the Lord wants. I submit to this prophetic word being spoken on over me. Man, awesome. Her yes to the Lord kicked off a whole series of supernatural events. From an angel appearing in a dream to Joseph, to angels appearing to shepherds, to a star leading the magi. to to the place of Jesus' birth, and many, many, many more. But her yes was a part of that series that kicked off things. The Father, the Heavenly Father, was very, very, very active and watching over the birth of his son. And he was doing all kinds of things. And for every yes that people gave him, there was more activity happening. One thing that's really interesting for me to read in Luke as well about Mary and her heart is that two times in Luke, it talks about her saying she treasured this in her heart. In Luke 2.19, it says the shepherd, when the shepherd showed up to worship, it says, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then it says it again in Luke 2.51, when he was When Jesus, when they left him behind, when they forgot about him and they went to go back to get him, it says, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And I feel and I think that Mary, as she was going through all these supernatural encounters and all these things with Jesus being born and seeing him in his life, seeing the way he lived, that she was watching and experiencing all these things and taking them all in, saying, I'm not going to forget this. I'm not going to forget what he did. I'm not going to forget what happened here. And then, not only just taking it in as spiritual experiences, but also going, Lord, what are you doing with this? Pondering them. Meditating on them. Hiding them in her heart. And I know it wasn't just those two instances that she did that, but throughout her life, she must have been like, okay, he just turned water into wine. Wow. Okay, my son did that. Okay, let, let me hide that in my heart. Let me ponder that a little bit. But just being there and just experiencing more and more of the Lord, having her eyes opened up more and more to God. What is he doing? How am I seeing the prophetic words that were spoken of me years back, how am I seeing those things come into play now? How can I make the connections between all the things that are happening? Mary. I remember um, how many of you were here at the retreat that we had where Sujin's hearing got healed? You can raise your hand. Let me see. Okay. Oh, a le- little bit less than half. Wow. Okay, there's a lot of you that weren't here. I remember we were pursuing the Lord, and the, the gifts of the Spirit, and especially in healing. We were pursuing that in this one season. And we brought in uh, a pastor from Hawaii, uh, Dean um, Fujishima, to come and teach. And, and, and so at this retreat, uh, he was teaching and praying for people and stuff. And we had this girl, she was on the worship team, and she awesome keyboard player. She was deaf in one ear. And so Dean goes over there, and prays for her, go, walks up to her, her deaf, the ear that's deaf, and then he whispers something. And this is during the session, the main session. So we're all like watching, and then we're all going, "Oh, I mean, I was just like, oh my gosh, are we going to see something happen here?" And so he starts whispering. We don't know what he's saying, whispering. And then she nods. And then he backs up. And then whispers again. And then she nods. And then he backs up again. And then whispers, nods. Her hearing is fully restored. All the nerves are dead. Not even a hearing aid could help her. Restored. And we're just totally in front of our eyes. We're just like, oh my gosh. She can hear now from both ears. Oh my gosh. And I just remember feeling like, this is incredible. This is amazing. We're experiencing the power of God right now, right here in this place. And then all these other people got healed, too. In fact, Dean was teaching, and then he goes, you know what? Uh, I think the Spirit is moving in this room, so just try stuff out. So then people were just, you know, moving around, and one guy ran out to the parking lot, and he was running around. He came back, my ankle, my, he- my calf is healed. Another girl, man, my frozen shoulder, I can actually move it now. I was only able to move it a little bit. The story after story after story of God moving in that place, and I was just... And, and so it happened. It, it was going on for a while. Even the services, we were having these prayer times and stuff. And I, I, I just, I'm going to always remember those, those times. And it opened my eyes to see a bigger picture of God. Well, I always thought, okay, it's only he can only do this much. Then it's like, whoa, look at all these other things that he can do. Having those supernatural encounters just opened my eyes, opened our eyes. To see more and more about him, so that's kind of what Mary was going through, what God was doing with her. The last part I want to talk about is comparing, actually, Mary and Zechariah's response to the angel, because even though it was a similar message I was given, similar John and Jesus, yeah, but it, it their responses were different so Zechariah responded to the angel and he said how can I be sure right how can I be sure his whole thing was I need evidence how can I be sure that this is true now it sounds like a reasonable thing I mean he was a he was a priest he had to there was a lot of um, details and a lot of Uh, certain rules and order and organization that he had to perform as a as a priest and so i can understand why he's kind of thinking that way like okay i need to have some kind of proof or whatever in order to know that what the angel said was true but i don't think that's the way god wants us to live i don't think he wants us to live we're always saying to him god i need proof i need proof show me show me show me in order in in order for me to move I, i need you to show me I don't think he wants us to live that way. I think when we look at Mary's response and what she did, and how she she said to him, um, "What did she say to him? How will this be?" And it kind of sounds similar. But I'm, what Mary, th- to me, the sense I'm getting is what Mary is saying is, I believe you, God, that you can do this. But I don't know how you're going to do this. I just don't know how you're going to do this. I believe you can do it. It's not a matter of I need uh, evidence. I just don't know how you're going to do it. Whereas Zechariah, and now I even think about him too, he's a priest. He would have heard the story about Abraham and Sarah. He would know those stories. So there's a template for an older couple having a child with mary there is no template there is no oh yeah i saw that other couple okay yeah i can do that. it's like well i i just don't know how you're gonna i know you can do it god i believe you i trust you how's this gonna happen and then that's why the angel comes and says all these things about her you're favored you are blessed Even though Mary couldn't conceive how she would get pregnant, pun intended, she still trusted the Lord in what he was going to do. And she had no doubt that what God wanted would be done. You know, I, um, I think one of the things to, of, for Christians is to just be aware of what, is, what God is doing. Where, where is God in any situation? When we experience a supernatural, it's like, okay, God, where are you in this? What are you, what, what's, what's happening? Where are you? And it's for us to just be aware of God. And I remember, um, I don't know if you guys remember, uh, Heather, she used to come here. And um, she told me this later on, but she said she would come. The first time she came, she sat in the congregation. And then she was a little bit nervous because first time. And then she said, okay, uh, she was just kind of, yeah, just kind of. And then the worship started. And then she said, she saw Jesus, or she saw the Spirit. She just sensed His presence here. And she, she said, oh, there you are, Jesus. There you are. And that totally, she said, it calmed her down and she wasn't nervous anymore because she saw her Savior in this room. And she knew that, okay, I think this church is a good place because Jesus is here. If He wasn't here, then maybe I, wouldn't be, I shouldn't be here. But she felt like I see Jesus. I had another friend who shared with me that when he used to go to his, his home church a long time ago, there were times when he would go into the auditorium, and then he would see Jesus outside the auditorium. And so he asked him, Jesus, why are you outside? And Jesus said, I'm not welcome. I'm not welcome in that room. And when he told me that I was, just, first of all, I was grateful for that story that Heather had told me about what she saw at, at Catalyst. But secondly, I just like, wow, if that's ever true about Catalyst, that Jesus is not welcomed here, the Holy Spirit is not welcome here, then I was like, God, you have every right to change everything. If that means I have to step down, if there's something that I'm doing that's causing you to go out there, Then I'll step down. Because I don't ever want you to feel like you're not wanted here. Above everything else that we do, if we are not cultivating an atmosphere where he feels he can do stuff here, that he is, that we want him to do all these things here, if that is not cultivated, then what are we doing? And so. I just feel like, yeah, as we, as we keep moving, as we keep going, as we keep experiencing these supernatural things, part of it is, part of the discernment process is, where are you? Where are you, God? And I believe that if we can see God, we can sense his presence, even if things look differently than what we're doing, or even if it's whatever it is that we're going through, we can always say, God, you're here. You are here. I see you. I see you even in the midst of whatever's going on. That's how Mary worked. That's how Mary worked. And that's the kingdom lifestyle that God wants us to live. Not the earthly one. The kingdom lifestyle where we see God. We're looking for him. We're listening for him. We are waiting to move in faith and trusting that what he says about us or what he says to us is true. And we step into that. And especially as our eyes get more wide open that we see God for all he's doing. 2 Corinthians 5 7 says, we live by faith and not by sight. Like the way that Zechariah was doing. I mean, I think there are times for that, but we don't want to stay here. We want to live by faith. John 20, 29, when Jesus after he was resurrected, he's talking to his disciples. And Thomas wasn't with them, so he, Thomas is like, no, nah, he wasn't here. So Jesus comes back, and he says to him in 20, verse 29, "Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And that's where we want to be. That's where we want to be, where we believe God, even if we don't see evidence. We want to believe. Okay, here's some few applications real quick. One is ask the Lord where he is, okay? You're experiencing something and you, go, you can just ask the Lord, are you in this? Where are you in this? What's going on? Another one is we can discern with others. So share with your friends, family. This is what's happened. Can you discern with me? Is this the Lord? Is this from the Lord? Is this what's happening to the Lord? And then step in with faith that been? Trusting him that he's going to do a great thing. I think that's enough. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That uh, Worship team, can we have you come on up? Thank you, Lord. So yeah, again, my hope is that through this series, we will give the Lord some time to move, some space to move, and that we will see and experience some very supernatural things to see the hand of God, the finger of God moving in our midst. Um, right now, we're also going to have the prayer ministry team. They'll, they'll come up during the worship set. So if you want to receive prayer, come on up, and they will gently bless you and pray for you and uh, intercede for you. And uh, again, let's see. Let's see what happens. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we just are so grateful that you know us, so grateful that you see us, that you are here for us. God, that you you know our deepest needs. You know what we need and how to minister to us, how to bandage up wounds, how to heal us, how to provide for us. You do all those things for us. God, what a good, good, good father you are. Thank you, God, that you come into our lives, that you do these things, supernatural things that go beyond even natural explanation, that we see the hand of God moving. And it's just to remind us, to reassure us, to show us your face, to show us more of you and your character and your nature and who you are and how much you love us. So, Lord, I pray that our church would experience more of those, that we would have eyes wide open to see these things, to see you, God, and that, Lord, we would move forward in love, in faith, not in fear, not shirking back in fear, but moving forward towards you in love and faith. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It would be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And be blessed this week. And as always, thank you, Jesus.